Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 15. Our scripture memory uh, verses for the month of August. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 15. Verse 11 reads, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Let's bow for prayer. O oh God, we bless you and praise you for the reminder this morning that your Son, the Lord Jesus, saves sinners. And I pray there are some present this morning that have yet to receive that forgiveness found in the precious blood of Jesus Christ, I pray, O Spirit of God, that you will convict of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and reveal the need and point uh, those individuals to the only Saviour, we pray. And O God, for those of us that are a part of your family, Lord God, help us to be good stewards of that which you've entrusted into our possession. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. During the course of this month, we have looked at the subject of stewardship, being good stewards of what we have in our possession. For those of us that are Christians, we have been given the charge to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. God will hold us accountable for our stewardship of the gospel. And as we focused the other week, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have within our possession that which can change a person's life, change their direction for eternity. So the importance of you and I being good stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For God will hold us accountable for what he has given to us. It is required in stewardship that a man be found faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse, uh, verse 2. God calls us to be faithful stewards of that which he has given to us. The point of accountability 
is summed up in a judgment spelled out within the pages of the New Testament. This judgment is known as the judgment seat of Christ. If you just go back to Romans chapter 14, verse number 10, it makes reference to this judgment. So God will hold us accountable for what he has given to each one of us. God calls us to be faithful stewards in what we possess from him. And this point of accountability will take place at the judgment seat of Christ. Note here in Romans chapter 14, verse number 10, the Bible teaches us, But why dost thou judge thy brother, and why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So within this verse we are charged... Don't be too concerned in wasting your time in judging others and being critical of others. You take care of your own backyard. For we, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now God gives us the elements of this judgment known as the judgment seat of Christ here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that we have just read. We have some key elements that are a part of this judgment for Christians. This judgment deals with how Christians have lived out their lives. This judgment is specifically for those that are Christians. Note there once again in verse number 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this morning, my friend, is Jesus Christ the foundation of your life? Is Jesus Christ the foundation of your life? This judgment deals with how Christians have lived out their lives. This is the judgment seat of Christ. The great white throne judgment that is spelled out in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15, no coincidence, is a judgment for those that are without Christ, for those that have rejected Christ. That is known as the great white throne judgment. This here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 15, is uh, a description of the details concerning the judgment seat of Christ. For those that have received Jesus Christ as Saviour, for those that have the foundation of Jesus Christ as their own personal Saviour, their lives, our lives, will be brought to a point of accountability. Now that's illustrated there in verse number 12. That upon this foundation, either we build that which resembles gold, silver, or precious stone, or that which resembles wood, hay, and stubble. Is Jesus Christ the foundation of your life? I trust the answer to that is yes. Yes, Pastor. 
I've received Jesus Christ as my own personal salvation. Well, to you, allow me to ask you one more question. Are you living for that which has eternal value or temporal value? What are you living for? That which has eternal value or temporal value? Note here within verse number 12, a reference to gold, silver, precious stones. Gold, silver, precious stones are permanent, are beautiful, are valuable, hard to obtain. In contrast, note then verse 12, wood, hay, stubble, which are passing, which are temporal, which are ordinary, in fact, ugly, cheap, easy to obtain. And yet the Bible teaches us that your life, my life, will reflect at this judgment either that which is gold, silver, precious stone, or that which is wood, hay and stubble. And as you can imagine, the wood, hay and stubble straw will burn up. But the gold, silver and precious stone will prevail, will still exist. So we have a contrast between that which amounts to nothing and then we, in contrast to that, we have those materials that will endure the test of fire. Now the Apostle Paul, in penning these words under divine inspiration, he's not referring to people He's not referring to people in contrasting these materials because as Christians, we are living stones. We are lively stones, according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. The issue of salvation is not the issue because note that at the end of verse 15 it reads, but he himself shall be saved. So this is not a reference as to whether you are still saved. The issue is, how have you, as a saved individual, lived out your life? It either equates to wood, hay, stubble, or it equates to gold, silver, and precious stone. That which has lasting eternal value, in contrast to that which means nothing in light of eternity. Let me ask you once again, my friend, what are you living for? Are we living for that which has eternal value or that which has only temporal value? The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 6.20, lay up treasure in heaven where moth nor rust thus does corrupt. What will your life, what will my life amount to in eternity? What spiritual investment are you making in the here and now for eternity? Does it matter? Oh, yes. 
Pastor, is it not enough just to be saved? Oh, no. Salvation is just the foundation. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, we had to build upon a foundation, which is Jesus Christ. What saved, always saved. But upon the basis of salvation, we are to flesh out the Christ life. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We're not saved by good works. We are saved by the grace of God, by placing our faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour, but we are His workmanship. We are His workmanship created unto good works. Either gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble. It's your choice. It's my choice. But God will hold us all accountable. Judgment day is coming. For the unsaved and for the saved. It seems that people don't like accountability. Have you noticed that? We live in a day in which everybody is passing the buck. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's Eve's fault. It's the snake's fault. Nothing new under the sun. People have been blaming one another from the Garden of Eden. My friend, we need to take personal responsibility for our own lives. And God will hold us accountable. And as it read there in Romans chapter 14, verse 10, stop judging your brother, stop pointing the finger at others, and be mindful there are three fingers pointing back at you. You take care of your own backyard. Because all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of our lives. And either your life, my life, will amount to that which is eternal, Gold, silver, precious stone that will endure the fire of testing? Or your life, my life, is made up of that which amounts to wood, hay, dried out grass, stubble, straw, that the fire will just devour. And what's left over? Zilch. You little ashes. Rewards can either be earned or lost at the judgment seat of Christ. Note then verse 14 once again, if any man's work shall abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. What is this loss? Well, it's not salvation. Read your Bible. But he himself shall be saved. He will suffer loss in that he has suffered loss. He has lost the opportunity to earn rewards 
in light of eternity. That's what it's referring to. Lost from the angle of wasted opportunities. My friend, are we wasting the opportunity that we have to live for Jesus Christ? See, the opportunity to live for Jesus Christ boils down to the fact that God has given to us and we will be responsible for the stewardship of time. God's given you time. And with time comes a measure of good health. Does that make sense? See, depending on your health, your level of health, determines what you can use or do with your time. You can have lots of time and have poor health and you are capped, are you not? You can have maximum health and time, but you can maximize your time and your health. And beloved, you and I will be held accountable for that which God has given to us. God has entrusted into our care the gospel. We emphasized that last week. But my friend, listen to me carefully. God has entrusted into your care, my care, time. Why? Health. Are you laying up treasure in heaven? and the health you have? Or are you focusing upon that which has no eternal value? You're using that good health for that which means nothing in light of eternity. Now I'm not against bushwalking. I'm not against going for a good bushwalk. Lovely. Wonderful. I wish I could do more of it. The opportunity to live for Jesus Christ boils down to the fact that God has given to us time and a measure of good health that goes with it. We don't get a second chance here on earth. Once we get to heaven, we need to all. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. 
It's what we do in this three score and ten. If God gives us three score and ten. God gave Samuel Marsden, our second preacher, only 72 years, two bonus years. And in those years he served God wholeheartedly. He made no less than seven visits to New Zealand to win those cannibals to Christ. And in the meantime, he came back to Sydney, Australia and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did everything he could in his power to honour Christ. And God took him home at the age of 72. You say young. Well, not really. God only promises three score and ten. That's his general quota. even make that. And note what Proverbs chapter 27 verse 1 teaches. Are you still with me? Okay, Proverbs chapter 27, quickly. Verse 1. The Bible teaches us, boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The time and the health we have now, today at this moment, is not guaranteed for tomorrow. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. You and I might not be here tomorrow. Am I right or not? I don't care how healthy you think you are. You and I could drop dead by the end of the Lord's day. And the sooner we face that reality, the better we will be. Might help us to live in light of eternity. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this moment. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, please. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. See, God will hold us accountable for how we use our time and the measure of good health we have. That's connected to time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, to everything there is a season and note a time to every purpose under the sun. What does that mean? It simply means that life is made up of time and there is enough time to do what we should be doing in God's eyes. God has given us all time. We often make the statement, I wish I had more time. I don't have enough time. Well, that's not biblical. God tells us he's giving you the maximum amount of time. That's the issue is, what are you doing with it? 
And if you and I think that we need more time to do this, that, or the other, we might need to come back to the basics that maybe we just need to do what God would have us to do. Not what we want to do. So we often make that statement simply because there are some goals, ambitions that we have that might have nothing to do with eternity. Or it might. But the issue is you and I need to consume our time and use that measure of well-being doing that which equates to gold, silver, precious stone. Life is made up of time. The Bible says a time to every purpose under the heaven. There there was a time that we were born, according to verse 2. That's why you're here this morning. And guess what? A time to what? Die. (laughs) That's it. Pretty well sums it up. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, please. So God's word gives us a piece of wisdom that would say, don't boast in a tomorrow, be thankful for today, because there might not be a tomorrow. And in Ecclesiastes, we are reminded of the fact there is a purpose for everything that God has for us. So therefore, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 teaches us that we need to redeem the time. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The word redeem means to buy back. It has the idea of you and I maximizing our time, seizing the opportunity. All of you know the feeling of New Year's Day or the first week of a new year? Maybe not outwardly, but within our minds, we seize every moment. But that very quickly, within a week or so, that fades away. God will hold us accountable for what we are doing with our time and the measure of health that God has given to us. In the book of James, we can see how we can be good stewards of our time. Turn with me to James chapter 4, please. James chapter 4. My friend, how are you using your time? Does God make up your time? Living for him make up your time? Honouring him? Or is it all about your Facebook account? What about you? 
me. Watch me. Watch me eat this dessert. What nonsense, honestly. Look what I had for dinner last night. Look at my new car. You like my new tie. The epitome of selfishness. Faceless book. Putting on appearance. Look at me. As if you are important. As if you are a superstar. As if I need to waste my time looking at what you had for dessert the other day. And where you were the other week. What's the point of that? That's what we call theologically pathetic. Selfishness. Let me get back to my sermon. James chapter 4, please. Look at this. Verse 14, Wares you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapour that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. For what is your life? What is life made up of? How does God describe life here in verse number 14? It is even like a vapour. It appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. Two thoughts. Life is full of uncertainties. Like a vapour, it appears, then it's gone. If we had time, we'd read verse number 13. See, God is not condemning planning and preparing, but to plan without facing the reality of uncertainty is not wise. To plan without facing the reality of uncertainty is not wise. For life is short. It's like a vapour, a puff of smoke. It appears for a little time and then it's gone. That's life. Life is uncertain. Life is short. There is no guarantee of a tomorrow or the day after. Death is what terminates life. Death is no respecter of a person's age, present health, gender, financial position, achievements. All of us grieve the loss of a life. But yet we don't like to admit the fact that we might be the next cab off the rank. 
We need to face the reality that life is like a vapor. Life is uncertain. Life is short. It's appointed unto man once to die. And what we do on this side of eternity will be held to account in eternity at the judgment seat of Christ. Wood, hay, stubble, it'll burn up. Gold, silver, precious stone. See, the reason why life is short and uncertain is because we have a problem called sin. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, but yet by the obedience of another, Jesus Christ, you and I can have life eternal. But God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So my friend this morning, even though the Bible teaches us death is sure, life is uncertain, life is short, yet the Bible teaches us even though the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And for those of us that have received him as personal saviour, we ought to seize every opportunity to honour him, redeeming the time, living for Christ, because judgment's coming, my friend. For those of us that are in Christ, God will hold us accountable. It is required in stewardship that a man be found faithful in what God has entrusted. We are to be good stewards of what we have. It's not a matter of how much we have. What are we doing with what we have? We all have time. We all have a measure of good health. God will hold you accountable. Next Saturday morning, 9.30 a.m. Here at the church. No experience necessary. You can give God some time. And be thankful to God for the measure of good health. And take a bundle of tracks with a map and just simply place gospel in letterboxes. The power of God under salvation. Could you see yourself doing that? Or are, you just, or are you just going to continue just living for yourself? You're in good health. But that time and health is really summed up in you, not God. So here's an opportunity next Saturday morning for you to come out 
and give God some time and because God's given you a measure of good health, use it for God's glory. Where you place a gospel track in a person's letterbox. And long surprise, somebody might read that tract and get saved. God will take note. And at the judgment seat of Christ, it will all be revealed. For what is your life? Life is uncertain, life is short. So what are we living for? Look at verse 15, please. Go back to James chapter 4, verse 15. So for what is your life? It is uncertain, it is short, it's like a vapour that appears for a little time, then it vanishes away, for that ye ought to say, this is what we should be saying, with the life we have, with the time we have, with the health we have, if the Lord will, we shall live, So I live my life within the will of God. If the Lord will, we shall live, do this or that. We should live each moment in God's will. Asking the question, Lord, what will you have me to do? Thy will be done. Christian, who governs your life? Is it self or God? Do we live to please God or self? Are we fulfilling God's will for our lives? Or are we just living for ourselves? See, life is uncertain. Life is short. What's 70, 80, even 90 years compared to eternity? Talk to me. Zilch. Not even a drop in the bucket. And thank God for the help. And on and live. For you ought to say, if the Lord will, we will do this or that. Lord, what will thou have me to do? Now I'm not saying that you necessarily need to become a full-time pastor. I'd love you to become <laughs> Become a missionary. I'd love you to become a missionary. But wherever God has you, honour him. Honour him. Live for him. Be a witness for him. Declare him. Reflect him.
Life is uncertain. Life is short. Therefore, let's live life in accordance to God's will. Wood, hay, stubble. Gold, silver, precious stone. William Wilberforce was a Minister of Parliament, MP, in England. We know of him that he was instrumental in the abolition of the slave trade. That finally became law after the Lord took him home. His life is a life lived to the full for God's glory. I would encourage you to read the life of William Wilberforce. When he was converted, he changed. He struggled with the idea of do I stay in Parliament or do I serve God as a missionary, a preacher? And he came to a crisis in his life that he just didn't know what to do. So he visited his friend by the name of John Newton. Amazing grace, how swift the sound that saved a wretch like me. He asked Brother John, what do I do? Mr. Newton wisely advised Mr. Wilberforce. Unless God has specifically shown you that he's calling you to full-time ministry, stay where you are at and seek to honour God as a minister of power. That's what John, that's what William Wilberforce did. And for 50 years, 50 years, 5-0, 50 years. William Wilberforce did everything in his power to encourage and to propagate biblical Christianity. To encourage missionaries. The monies that he had, he invested in Christian works. He gave away no less than a quarter of all of his wealth, hands down, to evangelical Christian work. For 50 years he was in Parliament as a minister. He did everything in his power to propagate the name of Jesus Christ. He wasn't a preacher. He was simply a Christian. What about you? What about you? In 2 Corinthians 5, 10 it reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Listen carefully. That everyone may receive the things done in his body 
according to that he hath done, whether good or bad. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Let's be good stewards of our time and the measure of good health that we have. And all of God's people said, that involves asking the question, God, thy will be done. Let's bow for prayer.